Welcome fellow last spacers to another episode of LPF Debrief where we talk about comic books, TV shows and movies. And on today's episode, I will be breaking down um, my thoughts on Andor episodes one, two and three. So I'll try to make this as short as possible just because I'm not the biggest fan of when they have three episodes all put in together. Um, I do understand why they did it for this show. Uh, it, it makes sense to have all three. But um, I'm not the biggest fan of them putting three episodes. I don't feel like it was n extremely necessary. I can understand it from a standpoint that they needed, I guess, you know, to really jump the story off. And it, it, it did take three episodes. But I feel like my, for me, you could have just combined the two episodes and just or the three episodes and made it one episode or just made it a two-parter. But whatever. As always, guys, like, subscribe do all that stuff it really helps out the algorithm. And as always, spoilers are ahead. So if you don't want to hear any of the spoilers, go ahead and pause this now, go watch the rest and then come on back. So we start off um, this, ep this show of Andor. And just to give everyone, I mean, you probably already know this, but if you didn't um, just basic timelines of where this show takes place because um we are following Cassian Andor and if you guys know have seen Rogue One which is probably my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time because I I definitely there's so many things that I love about Rogue One which I probably do like a Star Wars ranking at some point of uh, again my personal opinion but um just basically you know this is Rogue One is following Cassian um I mean, it follows, you know, the Rogue Squad. If you guys haven't watched it, go check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. But um, this is a prequel before any of that stuff happens. If I'm not mistaken, um, Andor takes place, I want to say 10, it's five years before the events of Rogue One. So this is, this show takes place five years before, at least some parts of this show take place five years before Rogue One takes place, which we all know Rogue One takes place right before um, A New Hope. So this is basically going to tell us how Andor um, got to where he is, how he became the person he was. Um, and, you know, just so we can get a little insight on the character, which is played by uh, Diego Luna um, and how he becomes basically a hero and becomes a person of the uh, Rebel Alliance. So this show, if you guys, I've always talked about this. I'm not the biggest fan of prequels just because we kind of know where the story is going to lie. But in this case, I don't mind it in the sense that this is a character that we haven't explored at all, right? We just know once he gets to Rogue One or once we meet him in Rogue One, he's already like this established kind of, you know, kind of, I want to say, kind of like anti-hero kind of character where you know he's part of the rebel but he's part of like he's part of the rebels but he's like a you know he he, he scurves the line he's not <clears throat> the most like he will do some things that are like under the books kind of thing so um so when i heard about this show i you know i, I immediately thought you know that'd be a cool story to explore just because we have no idea where most of those characters came from especially if you haven't read any of the books um, Jen Orso, for instance, she has pretty much her full story told in about two books. Um, if you guys 
want to know about her story. And that's pretty much canon according to Disney. So that's one of the reasons why I believe they didn't do a show, but it also doesn't make sense because a lot of stories that have books still make get a TV show anyway. So I don't know why, or maybe that's down the pipe, but apparently this show is supposed to go into directly into the events of, of, of Rogue One anyway. So maybe we'll see Jin and maybe we'll see like a side story or something like that because Jin was such a good character. I would love to see her again. So, um, we, you know, we're following in, uh, we're following Andor here. Um, basically this show is doing the, it's doing a flashback of his early childhood. And, um, the show is basically, like I said, five years before the events of Rogue One. So we're, you know, the first episode, the first episode and the first time we see Andor, he's basically looking for his sister. At least that's what he tells one of the people that's working there, which is in a brothel, which is kind of weird because normally Star Wars doesn't allude to sex um, very much. So it, we're already seeing that this show is going to go for a little bit of a darker tone, a little bit of a shadier tone, which makes sense because that is Andor's character, right? Like that's he skirts that line. We know that he's very much skirting that line of, you know, of rebel good guy. Like he's doing the dirty work of the, for the rebels. So, um, we, he's not with them at this point, as we can see, uh, we, you know, we have some two guys oh, who are part of the, um, I think they're called the, the corpo, which is basically, uh, it's kind of like a, it's a part of the empire because this takes place for, I want to say, hold on. I have the time frame here. Let me just go to my notes real quick because I did do a little time frame thing. So the show takes place at five BBY, which if you guys don't know what BBY is, it's before the battle of Yevon. And if you know, you, you should know what the battle of Yevon is, but if you don't, it's basically that big battle where Luke blows up the first, um, Death Star spoiler alert. I mean, you've had almost 30, 40 years at this point to watch that, but that's basically where this show takes place. And if I'm not mistaken, um, that means that this show happens 14 years after the empire seized control of, um, of the galaxy in revenge of the Sith. And if you want to go even closer to more recent events that we found out, that would be four years after, um, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fought in the Obi-Wan series. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we have, you know, pretty much a good context of, of time. So the, the empire is basically has taken over. Um, it's been a good, you know, 10, almost 10 years, pretty much of them taking over the galaxy. So the, uh, their imprint is going to be pretty much everywhere. Um, so we can totally see that just him trying to get information. And then we see these two guys also there at, the um this brothel basically trying to say like you know oh you just just trying to start some stuff up while andor is trying to find some information like cassian is trying to find some information um out and basically they approach him just like anybody like they would normally do and then try to use their power to basically be like hey look we need you to do this uh we find out that you know andor i don't know how this happened um, it could have been a collision or whatever, but when he headbutts one of the guys, the guy ends up dying. And then at that point he has one choice. The other guy's alive. 
he takes that guy out too. So obviously we see this part of the episode and we know that this is going to be the thing that puts him on the run, right? So um, he's in a place no one knows who he is. Um, but of course, once you kill one of the uh, characters, someone's going to have to chase you because this is Star Wars and that's what, <laughs> that's what normally happens. So basically we, we meet Cyril Karn, who is a, you know, mid-level manager essentially who's like look we had two people die his big boss essentially tells him look don't even worry about it like there's nothing we can do about that um they were in a spot basically where they shouldn't have been they were in a brothel which they shouldn't have been there either and like if this story goes public this whole thing is going to become an issue so we pretty much get the catalyst of how everything's going to start off because once that happens we all know that he's not going to listen. And then he, he has to prove himself. So he's going to go and do a whole search to find this character, which we find out that basically he does for about two, the first two episodes, he's basically looking for Andor for Cassian. Um, he has no idea where he is, right? So he doesn't know who this person is. They just know that he is, um, the person said he, and this is all just bit of information that they're getting, but he basically is saying that he's looking for, um, Cassian said he was looking for a sister who, um, what's the name of the, the place that they're from? It starts with the gate, um, from Canari. Um, and that's basically what they know, right? So we see Andor run off after he, the two people die. And then he heads off back to, um, where his home is at the time. So basically we see this, you know, this, um, this story where the story is going to play out, at least where this first three episodes are going to play out, um, is going to be him basically like running for, uh, running away from the empire in a sense to try to, you know, clear his name. Um, but he, he starts to tell people, look, this is where we need to, to do. This is where I was. If anyone asks, he starts to try to cover himself up. Um, and that is in Forex is, which is where he's at. Um, it's pretty much like an industrial thing. And it reminds me a lot of if you guys played Fallen Order, when you enter the junkyard, like that junkyard that you see initially, it kind of reminds me of there, but I'm not sure if that's the same planet. Uh, I would have to double check that because I didn't do that. Um, but we meet some new characters that basically are in uh, Andor's. We meet um, Marava, uh, who we later find out that it that's his adoptive mother because um which i thought was cool because of how that whole situation happens and how they tied in the i thought they did a really good job at tying in the flashbacks because basically we see that whole flashback and the way that the scenes were going with the flashbacks like they were kind of trying to mi mimic the same thing like andor running and trying to get away from stuff and then they kind of mimic that same scene kind of events happening when he was in um in the the flashback so i thought that was cool we met a new droid um b2 uh that's or b is his nickname and it's just you know i'm pretty and i love one of the my favorite things are meeting star wars new droids because it's just cool anytime you see the droids and how many different characteristics that they all have and we can tell that this droid's a little bit older because he's doing like, he has like data lags and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool to see uh, B2 and um, 
I just thought that 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 whole that whole scene and his his interactions of just seeing a different kind of droid was super cool. We also meet Bix, which is Andor's friend. Uh, we can assume they probably had something going for each other because, you know, when Andor asks for her help, she immediately comes out and helps him. Um, and basically we'll find out later on how they get the, the beat on where Andor is. So then we have, um, we also meet Tim who's kind of, who is pretty much Bix's boyfriend currently. Uh, and we already know that he has kind of, a an animosity towards Andor because the, the friendship is still there and, and he probably knows that they were, you know, a thing. So we, we got a lot of setup in these first, in the first three episodes, like the first two episodes, pretty much of just setting up all the characters, knowing where everyone's from, uh, knowing what they're about and knowing all that information. Right. So we find out basically again, how, uh, Andor even ends up in um how he even ends up in for uh for X. We find out Marav, who is kind is the mother figure, was the one who saved him from where he was at, right? So she basically didn't want him to die there and pretty much adopted him right on site, even though her friend at the time was like she was there to scavenge some stuff so that she could sell it on the market, which is just, you know, one of the things that a lot of the poorer people do in star Wars. They look for, um, and like, you know, the empire's things to sell back to get some credits to get, you know, so they can buy food and things like that, because those are usually a high value, which we find out later on when, um, Andor tries to sell something that he's found. So, um, we see that she saves him and basically takes him in and he views her as a mother figure to him. So it was cool to see that relationship between them anyway, because they're basically like, you know, having that conversation where he wants to protect her. He's not telling her the full story of basically what happened and how he killed the two people. He tells her that he messed up. So just seeing that, that, um, thing, you know, that a special place is, is held for that, those characters. So that I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, just them and, in general, having that conversation and that whole flashback of her taking him in. So, uh, we do see that Andor says that he's been fighting since he was six when, um, he told that to Jin in Rogue One, right? So that's basically what those flashback scenes were showing also, you know what I mean? So, and he also tells her, if you guys remember, he says, you're not the only one who lost everything. Some of us just decided to do something about it. So, um, that's basically when Jin kind of questioned him in Rogue One. But now we can see those flashbacks and see what he was talking about with that. So I thought that was cool that they took that in uh, to consideration, which again, I love, I love that kind of like stuff when they, they're, they knowledge, like they know what, if you're going to make a prequel, make sure you are tying it in with the things that we've already seen and heard just for the little cool callbacks. For things that um people like and like i said rogue one's one of my favorites star wars so i once i see something that's rogue one like i'm be like yep i know that one so uh i thought that was really cool um and then basically we have this deal we have andor trying to get off of this planet because we later on find out that tim rats him out because 
the the um gosh why am i forgetting the empire is basically looking for the the gosh what, what are their names again uh the corpo is basically looking for them uh so the corporate you know so they're looking for them and basically they let out the thing saying that you know they're looking for someone from canari and we see a scene where bix is basically you know on the computer she sees that message right and then basically goes you know tries to protect is going to try to protect andor and let him know she also is like contacting a buyer because andor does have this box that he wants to sell so that he can get off the planet um you know and just be on the run because of what has happened because that happened we saw tim find that message um basically snooping around finds that message and then we're led to believe that he rats him out no one else knows that but we just know that these characters are now on their way um the the um empire is on their way pretty much to go to come find him in a low level it's not like the again stormtroopers and stuff like that it's kind of like a mid level um like you know security essentially so they tried to go and find him uh they get this tip obviously of this person from canari etc etc and um obviously this this sends a panic through the place because you know uh, that's not information that is given out that only a few people know who should know um where he's from so basically we we see that tip uh, we have some really funny moments with uh, Karn, which, which uh, with Cyril, which you could expect in Star Wars, where he basically is like, this is like his first real mission, right? So he's trying to prove himself, and then he's trying to tell this speech, and it's basically like everyone's like, okay, dude, like, whatever. And then the other guy, like, who's been on his corner pretty much just just claps it up for him like yeah good job man you did great very inspirational but he sounds super sarcastic about it and i loved that very much i thought that was hilarious just the way that he went about that and and um and pretty much told that that whole that whole speech and everyone was kind of like all right dude like you don't really have to try that hard but so i thought that was great um so obviously they're headed to forex we're gonna see um, them pretty much come in and, and try to find Andor. Andor Cassian is basically like, look, like I need to get out of here. He's basically looking for his way out. Um, he says that you'll have the credits for the person so he can get out of there. Um, but obviously, like I said, Tim kind of blows up the whole plan by snitching, which Bix doesn't know yet, but we will find that we find out later that as the, um, Bix has also led someone else there, the buyer, the person that she usually sells, which is, gosh, what's his name, which is Luthen. And he's kind of having this uh, old journey. And you can tell that he's basically a person who is kind of with the, the rebellion, right? Because just by the way that he carries himself, where he's like that slow, somber kind of dude, like kind of like, I'm I'm here for like another reason for another cause and things like that. He's not really trying to, even when he was on the train, trying to listen to like the dude talking to him, he's kind of just like, all right, man, like this is not what I'm here for. Like I'm here for something else. Um, something more valuable than that. Um, I'm not here for any of that kind of stuff. So basically she has that conversation with him while this whole place is basically 
um, while the empire is going to come for him, uh, come for uh, Cassian. And he basically is just like, all right, well, we have to try to make this deal. Let's see what happens. Vix kind of leaves. And then um, they meet up in like this, I want to say like this cellar, like garage kind of thing. Um, and Cassian is basically like, look, give me the credits. Like I have, you know, where's the credits? I have this box for you. doesn't matter how I got the box. Just don't worry about any of that. Obviously we know something's about to happen because the corporals have sent a whole team over there, like four people, like four squads. So I thought the scene in the garage was really dope. The way that they set everything up, the way that the whole box thing, Cassian being like, I like, let's get this box. And then Luthen is there saying, look, um, I was here for the box, but like, that's cool and all, but like, I really need people. And you can tell that means that the, you know, he's really trying to start this rebellion and start like recruiting people. So he was there more to recruit Cassian than anything else. So he's kind of like, forget about the box. Cassian's like, can only think about the money because that's just how he was, you know, grew up. Like he can only think about money, but also because of, um, Marive, he's also, did I say her name right? I don't think I did. Um, but he's also thinking about her, right? Um, Marava, he's thinking about Marava and, you know, the fact that they don't have any money. He's also seems like a person who's been borrowing money from some people. So that's why the box meant and the credits meant a little bit more to him. Um, so that's why he was trying to get that box back. Uh, but this whole shootout scene has started. Everything is going down. Um, I thought they use the, I don't know what you call those chains things, like those barrel things. I thought they used that really cool just so that they could set up the, the dramatics of that scene and being in that room and how everything else happened. So I thought all that was really, really cool. Um, and him just dodging everything and, you know, basically trying to get away in between all of that. We find out that, um, Tim Bix finds out that Tim was the one who pretty much snitched him out and was just basically, how could you do that? Tim has no reason for it. And then he does that stupid guy thing where he's just like, oh, I, I didn't mean it. Like, I'm sorry, kind of thing. And then he ends up getting shot and dying because of it, because he wanted to be an idiot. You see, so snitches get stitches in that situation there because, <laughs> you know, he, he snitched on the hero and at least the hero of the story. And um, basically loses his life for it because he sees Bix getting beat up. Um, so he tries to protect her. He gets shot because, you know, they're not going to let you just run up on them. So it was very interesting. I mean, it, it, you, I didn't think they were going to kill him in the like early, like this early, just because I thought. But honestly, after. After you when you really think about it and just the direction that the show is going to, you can pretty much know that he probably wasn't going to be like a character of an importance anyway, even after that, like his whole purpose was to be the person who snitched and um, yeah, and that's what happened. So uh, we see them basically going into trying to escape. Now they need a speeder to get to uh Luton ships. So they basically are, we're, we're looking for a way then we see Cassian finally meet uh, the person who's been chasing him. He basically is like trying to do some reconnaissance and says, how many people do you have? He's like 
Cyril's like super scared because again, he's this fresh person who probably hasn't had to deal with like this real life situation that's happening. And we, now you're being confronted by the person who killed the two men that you originally are trying to get just justice for. So he's kind of sweaty. They, um, he's really scared. They pretty much tie him up, lock up, like, you know, um, until one of his other guards come in. And then we see those cool, like rogue, like those, uh, rebels pretty much like plan go to an effect here where basically they untie surreal. He finds out like, he's like, Hey, go like chase them. They're in that cart. The guys shoot down the, the, the speeder basically. And obviously they're not in there and it blows up. And this is what I was talking about where I don't love prequels because like that for me, doesn't you no longer have any sense of the person dying, right? Like it's just going to be characters that we don't know that have the potential to die, right? Because we haven't seen them or heard of them after, you know, said shows or whatever the case may be. So what I mean by that is basically like Tim doesn't like, obviously it doesn't matter, right? Like he's going to be a character, you know, could potentially die just because we never heard of him or like, he's not a character of some ridiculous significance. Um, Bix is the same way too. Um, just like all of those characters are the ones who could potentially die. So anytime that you have any harm that could potentially happen to the main character that we already know the faith of, it kind of takes away that element of surprise for us because we know nothing can potentially happen to this character. Like, like he is going to have, he may have near death experiences, but we know he's never going to die. So like, for me, that kind of takes away from it because that sense of danger is, is not there. So any mission that he gets sent out on or anything of that nature to me isn't scary because I know he's going to survive and make it to rogue one, no matter what, like, I know that. And that's the one thing I, like I said, I don't like about prequels, especially of a, like a story. We basically, you know, we know his ending, like we know the way that he goes out. So anything that happens as far as in this show, we're going to pretty much know he's, he can't die. So, um, when they did the whole, the speeder scene, obviously they weren't going to be in there. Like, you know what I mean? And obviously we know that he has to make it to the, to the, uh, rebels at some point. And Luth, uh, the only person who can take him there. So we knew there was no danger in that. And we most likely all, I think pretty much everyone knew that no one was in that car and then that it was a rope dope. So they pretty much do that. And then they actually get off on their speeder and then they bounce. Um, and then we see the scene where I was talking about where, um, Marava pretty much has Cassian kid Cassian and leaving his home planet to go to, to, to the new planet basically. But then we also in, in that same sense, we see cat, we see Cassian now leaving his home planet to go some, to another journey. And I thought the way that they synced both of those was really cool. I thought, um, I thought that was really dope. I thought that was a, a cool way of, of showing that segment of him pretty much like going to a new part of his life. And they did it by simultaneously showing both of those. And 
that really ends that like first chapter of the show to where we now know, Hey, this is the characters. This is the backstory of this character. This is the information you needed to know. Now let's go on to what you know him mostly for, but this was the beginning. And I think they did a good job at that. Like I said, I don't think we needed three full episodes in there. Um, just cause again, I, I, not that I didn't enjoy it. I did think they were just, they were pretty much there to build the world a little bit. Um, it is, it's just tough for me and prequels because I, I feel like that world's already built. Like I kind of know what that character is. I know. Um, but again, I'm not saying that I, I don't want to know more about him because I do feel like there's some mis like some mystery there that we, we would like to know. Um, but prequels again, for me are just, I, it's, it's really, it's really hard for me to love a prequel of something just cause it's, it's, it feels like I already know this information unless of course it's house of the dragons, which I know the information, but it's still fantastic. But, um, yeah. So overall though, for me, the first three episodes were pretty solid. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, not complaining. I know this show, if I'm not mistaken, is is uh, booked for, I know it's two seasons and this should be, this is going to be 12 episodes apparently for both of them. And then the season two is going to be shot in November. So, I mean, we're pretty much what we saw the first three episodes there. So we're probably a quarter, well, after episode four, we'll be a quarter of the way through. So it, it is going to be a little bit longer time to tell stories. I am interested to see where we go from here what kind of stories they're going to tell us. Um, what are we going to find out about Andor and that the time frame of the galaxy at that time? Um, that the one, the thing that I like, I, I really enjoy is I love when star Wars builds their world up. And that's why I think star Wars works the best as a TV, as TV show and book formats because of that, because you can really sit and build these worlds and make the galaxy feel so much bigger than because it's a whole galaxy and we don't need to just be bottled into one sector of the galaxy. So seeing this whole other side of the galaxy and how everything else works, I am all for them building the world like that. So um, I'm interested to see how much world building we do, what characters are we going to see? Um, when are we going to see my favorite George K2? because uh, obviously we know that's going to happen and he's my favorite droid. So at some point, um, so I, I'm excited to see when all that happens. And, you know, we're going to be here throughout the whole show. So dropping our reviews and, and things like that. Um, next Wednesday, the 28th is the next episode. So yeah, we're going to definitely drop, be doing that. We're going to be busy uh, for sure. So, I mean, I'm going to have this one drop for you guys uh, tomorrow which will be Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll have She-Hulk. Friday we have Lord of the Rings. Uh, Sunday is, you know, is House of the Dragon. So it's a lot of content for you guys. Um, so be on the lookout. Like I said, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. If you guys enjoy the content, let us know. Give us some feedback too. Let me know. Is there anything I can be doing different? Um, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, but I... It, I love doing this guy. So for me, I can talk about this stuff all day and yeah, so I might be having some guests. Uh, so be on the lookout for that too. Um, because Chris will be taking his trip. So, um, 
I think he will be doing the She-Hulk with me. And then um yeah, he's gonna go on a he's gonna go on a, a vacation. So that should be cool. Uh and we should get some of his thoughts in there. We'll probably throw them into the the podcast and stuff like that. But until I think that's going to wrap it up for me, guys. Um, let me see if I have anything else for you that um uh yeah, if you guys did want to check out those books about Jin, it's called um The Catalyst and Rebel Rising. Those will tell you pretty much the the story of Jin if you if you ever wanted to read it and check it out and see um what that character is about if you ever wanted that kind of show. So hey, sorry. And then just another thing, um in Rogue One, Cassian is 26, which means he's probably he's going to be about 20. He should be about 22 or 21 in this show. Um, and things like that. So, yeah, overall, uh, I thought, like I said, solid, pretty solid episodes. Um, it was a little bit slow, but I mean, like I said, it's fine. 12 episodes They're They're going to really tell this story uh, with timing and pace. And I, I know that this show just by based off of some of the. Uh, show writing stuff that they said that, you know, there's going to be like, um, some time jumps. Like I, I believe like every four episodes or every season is supposed to be like a year or two closer until we get to that point. So I, it might be like every four or five episodes. I think they said they were going to do a time jump. Don't quote me on that, but it's something like that because like I said, season two, I know is supposed to lead us right into uh rogue one. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. And yeah, that is going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, I will see you guys. You guys will hear from me pretty much a lot this week. So I hope <laughs> you enjoy hearing my voice. So until next time, fire team. <laughs>